0: This is Pastor Keith Norman, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast where we mix it up a little bit and we discuss those subjects that are pertinent and relevant to our growth in Christ. Oftentimes you'll hear us come on and we'll talk about subjects that we preached about on Sunday and allow people to ask questions, and then we'll talk about those fresh new subjects and we'll talk about the things that are right there nearest and dearest to your heart. Join me every weekday. You can tune on to Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Glad you're our guest. Father, thank you for loving us, never leaving us, never abandoning us, leaving us to the ways of the world around us. Thank you for caring and being concerned. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. John chapter 11, and I'm going to trust that you will visit the Corinthian text as I walk through it. John chapter 11, beginning with verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. You may be seated. I want to talk from this thought, and, and want to talk from this one thought this morning and oftentimes when seeking to understand something we read through it and we try to embrace that which we know and then we have to read through it over and over and over again because there are some small words in every sentence or the structure of our writing that connects the meaning of things and without getting those small words like and we will rush right through the sentence it is clear in john chapter 11 that jesus is having a conversation with martha regarding her brother lazarus he has gotten the news it has gone out on facebook it has gone out on insta scripture if you will that lazarus is dead lazarus has come to the point where he is not responding and jesus has to tell his own disciples in the four-day journey that Lazarus is dead. As they began to approach the village, they heard that Jesus was coming, and Martha, being the impatient one that she was, got up to run from her space to go out and meet Jesus at the gate, if you will, to talk to him about what was on her heart. She was concerned because her brother, Lazarus, had died and she greeted Jesus, not with the words that she would normally greet him with, like, hello and welcome back to our home and would you like anything? She said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It is clear that she has a little something on her heart, a little alt, if you will, because she knows that Jesus has the power to save and to do anything but fail. The problem is, is that Jesus has done it for everyone else. And Jesus has done it in the life of so many people. And here Martha is saying, I'm the one who makes home for you when you pass through this way. And when I needed you the most, you were not here. I know none of you have ever felt that way, none of you have ever had that on your mind because after all, we just believe that if God said it, that settles it and we don't lift up our voices to the Lord in anger or in disagreement. But the truth of it is, silently all of us have a protest with the Lord every now and then. There are some things that if we could say audibly and we said them in front of our neighbors, they would wonder if we are really saved or not because we would have a protest against God as to why he let certain things happen in our life. There are some things we would lift up and ask the question, Lord, why did you let it go this way? And then when Jesus begins to have his conversation with Martha and respond to her, he says back to her, Martha, don't worry, your brother shall rise again. When he says that, it would appear that Martha would be okay, and she says, yeah, I know my brother's going to rise again in the resurrection, And it is that she understands that there will be a great getting up morning, if you will. There will be a general resurrection in which all things that Christ calls forth will come into life. But Jesus goes on to respond to her and said, Martha, please understand, I am the resurrection and the life. It is when the consecrated conjunction of and begins to show up and function as a part of speech that connects these two thoughts, if you will will that I begin to fully understand what was going on. Oftentimes, like so many of us, Martha was seeking to have life without fully understanding the power of the resurrection. And what will happen to most of us is as we are trying to get into life, as we are trying to get to the other side of Calvary, we'll rush right through the significance of the resurrection. And I came this morning because I thought it was important that We stop by and visit the significance of the resurrection. All too often, what happens to us is that we are so busy trying to get into life. And we think we have the tools of life and we think we know how to live life. But I need to tell you, you can't live life without really understanding and unpacking the resurrection. As a matter of fact, just because you are living physically today and you have a lot of stuff, don't think that you have the life that God intended for you to have. Because a lot of folk got stuff, but they really don't have life. You'll catch that on the way home. Just because you got nice things and just because there's a lot of zeros and commas in the bank account, that does not mean that you really have life. Because Jesus wants us to have a life that is more abundant. And he says, the things that I give you in life don't add a lot of sorrow to your life. Oh, I know a lot of folk who got a lot of stuff, but then they covet the life, the peace, the joy that others have that don't have all of those things. Because when you have life in Jesus Christ, you have something precious to hold on to. I like that because there are some saints in here right now who can be honest with the folk next to you and say, I may not have money but what I have, the Lord has allowed me to have, and I'm thankful for the life God gives me. Is there anybody today that's just glad you got life and peace and joy and some sense of happiness, and you're thankful for the little health and sanity that you have? You're thankful, well, I don't have a lot of money, but I do have a lot of joy. Amen. But don't have big steaks in the refrigerator, but I'm going to have some rag bologna and hoop cheese when I get to the house. Oh, and thanks be unto God, that's a real good meal. Don't live in the biggest house on Johnson Road, but if you go down the little street where I do live, the little two-bedroom got some fresh paint on it. It's got some nice floor. I got curtains at the window, and God has really blessed me. Amen. I don't have a brand-new car, but I'm thankful that the car that I have didn't stop running on the way to church. Do I have anybody in here? And that's what it means to enjoy the life that God gives you. It means that you can learn how to be both a base and a bound at the same time. It it means that you've learned how to be content and how to say, I'm thankful for what the Lord has done in my life. Well, here it is. If you would look at it in John chapter 11, he was explaining it to Martha. But it is not the first time or the last time it would need to be explained in Scripture. Paul comes back and does the same thing in the Corinthian letter where he is dictating by way of his own pen. And he's sharing with the church at Corinth that you understand or you're trying to understand life apart from the resurrection. There's a lot going on and by the time we get to chapter 15, it is one of the greatest treaties on resurrection that you will ever read in the scripture. Nobody lays it out better than Paul lays it out in this particular chapter. But it is through the first 14 chapters that we come to understand what was really going on. Now I know these things are not happening at the church that you attend at First Baptist Broad or Second Prayers or the wonderful church, my friends, from Atlanta of ten. But what was going on in the Corinth church is that they had some problems in the house. Lord, help me in here. They had a spirit in the house and they were trying to live life without celebrating the resurrection and without understanding what Christ had already done. And that's what happens to us when we start trying to live life detached from Jesus Christ. Lord, help me in here. When you start trying to celebrate having stuff and not celebrating the God that gave it to you, you're headed for dissatisfaction. Satisfaction and discontent down on the inside. Do I have anybody in here that's ever had a little bit but you couldn't enjoy what you had because you were not enjoying it in the Lord? See, well, you can have a whole lot of money and still not have joy in your life. You can have a big bed and still not be able to sleep at night. You can be able to go to any restaurant and never have an appetite. Oh, but when you got the Lord, you got something to be glad about. Here it is. The people in Corinth, here's what they were doing. They were trying to celebrate life without looking at the resurrection. Here's what they were doing. They were going about looking at each other's lives and complaining about the folks sitting next to them. They started saying people are doing this and people are doing that and people are going this kind of way and people are going that kind of way. But can I have some saints in the house today that when you know what the Lord has done for you, touch a neighbor, tell them I ain't got time to look at your life because I really don't care what's going on in your neighborhood because God's been so good to me and when I think of the goodness of the Lord, Lord help me in here and all that he has done for me I really can't worry about what's happening on the street that you live on because I'm too busy giving him praise for where I am. Do I have any praises in the house today that you matter of fact didn't even notice what your neighbor had on because you were thankful for what you have on you didn't notice what your neighbor pulled up in you don't know what kind of car they got you don't know what's going on at their house because you're so glad of what God has done for you. Is there anybody in here today that can just thank God for what he's done for me? Tell somebody I can't worry about my neighbor. I can't be concerned about my sister or my brother. God has been so good to me. And before I take it back, I'll add more to it. Is there anybody in here today thankful for your own health and strength? Thankful for the joy that you have? Thankful God gave you a second chance thankful that you're in your right mind is there anybody in here that's thankful for the activity of your limbs thankful for the little house you got thankful for the piece of car you drive thankful for the job you go to every day grab somebody by the hand tell them i can't really be worried about you because i'm too busy shouting about what god has done for me do i have any real saints in here tell somebody i'm thankful I'm grateful, I'm mighty grateful, and I'm mighty thankful. Is there anybody in here that don't mind waving your hand? Tell somebody I'm grateful. I ain't got time to look at you. I ain't got I, ain't got, I ain't got just do you. I ain't got, I ain't thinking about you. Here's what he said. Chapter 1 through 14. They were suing each other. They were arguing about the use of the body. They were saying who eating food sacrificed the idols. They were talking about whether men ought to be in leadership or women were able to preach. They were talking about women ought to be silent in church. They were talking about graven images. They were talking about the use of the body, marriage, and divorce. They were judging one another. And they were saying, am I a follower of Apollos or Cephas? Am I a follower of Apollos or Paul? They had a spirit of the world versus the spirit of God. They were denying the wisdom of the ages. They had a whole lot of stuff going on. Tell somebody we ain't got that going on in here. But they had a whole lot of stuff going on. But it was because they were not focused on what Christ had done. See, whenever you are focused on the goodness of the Lord, you don't really trip about what's going on around you. Do I have any help in here today? You see, when the food hits your table and you know you can pay for it when the meal is over, you really don't covet what's on the other table. Lord, help me in here. Tell somebody, you just glad to be in there. (laughs) Story is told of a little boy that got up. He played baseball, and and he struck out every time he got up to play. And then uh, the team lost the big game at the end of the year. And the little boy was in the locker room just shouting and dancing. And they looked at him, and they said, boy, why are you shouting, and why are you dancing? We struck out. You struck out every time you got up, and we lost the championship. The little boy said, you don't know where I came from. You don't know how I got here he said you don't know that i got cut three times he said you don't know how sick i was trying to make the team you don't know how hard it was for my daddy to get me here he said i didn't have a baseball a bat or a glove he said and when i made the team i just told god if you let me make the team i give you praise i know some of y'all missed the real good point to shout but tell somebody i ain't got to win every game i'm just glad to be on the team is there anybody in here that's glad you're saved today Tell somebody I know where I came from. I know how hard it was for me to make the team. Don't sit there and act like you've always had it together. Tell God, thank you, that I am on the team. Paul was trying to help them to understand. He said, look, if you will get past, if you'll get past all of this other stuff and understand what Jesus has done in the resurrection for you, then you will be able to celebrate the life On the other side of the resurrection. Well, let me see if I can get out of your way. I'm, I'm I'm moving. He said, but you got to first understand the components of the gospel. He said, uh, not only did he preach the good news of the kingdom in Mark chapter one, as Jesus announced, but he said this is about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And when we understand the resurrection, we understand the power that God yields to us through the resurrection. You realize that when Jesus got up on the third day morning, he goes back and he tells the disciples, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And then a power transfer takes place. In other words, he says, now you have the power to live hereafter. You didn't have it up to this point. You had faith, but faith wasn't enough. You had prayer, but prayer wasn't enough. You had love, but love wasn't enough. If faith had been enough to defeat death, then that means Abram would have been able to defeat death because he had faith. If prayer was enough to defeat death, then Daniel would have been able to do it because he was a praying man. If love had been enough to do it, then then, then David would have been able to do it because he was a man who loved after God's own heart. But it took Jesus, the one who was able to defeat death on our behalf and give the victory over us. I know you don't know when to shout but you should have praised God right now because tell somebody I got faith, I got love and I'm a praying somebody but thanks be unto God who has given us the victory in Jesus Christ. Well what Paul helps us to understand, I get out of your way here's what he says, he said you need to remember, he said you need to remember verse 2 of chapter 15 he says you need to remember this power by which you were saved. and and you need to understand the power of the preaching that you believe uh, which called you into salvation. Tell somebody I'm saved and I know it. Amen. Amen. I'm saved and I know it. If they ask you how you know, tell them you just don't want to know. Amen. You wouldn't have wanted to know me before now. Amen. But what he says is that Paul is saved. And I like what Paul does when he points to salvation. He looks at the witnesses who were there to attest to the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, But when he gets through looking at the witnesses, he points to himself. I love that. Here's what he says. He says uh, uh, that he was seen of Cephas and the twelve, verse 5. He said, and then he was seen above 500 at once, and the greater part of them remain today. And then in verse 7, he says he was seen of James and all of the apostles. But then at last, he said, he was seen of me, one born out of due time. Now, you don't know the value of that because what Paul said is that this wouldn't have been possible without the resurrection. Go ahead and touch your name and tell them this wouldn't be possible without the resurrection. See, you don't know nobody like me with a past like mine. You don't know nobody who's failed as hard as I have failed and, and has messed up as much as I have messed up. But the fact that God can use somebody like me to be able to go forth and tell other folk about him. The fact that God can use a nobody who can try to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. That's big news right there. Tell somebody you ought to put a billboard up about that because the fact that God can use me I know y'all real good but can I call my own story out? The fact that God can use me to stand right here and declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ tell somebody that's a miracle right there now if you ain't too ashamed you ought to go on and shout with me because if God can use you you ought to be standing up with me saying pastor you ain't by yourself. I wish I had some saved, sanctified, truth-telling folk in here. Because if God can use me, and you know your own story, you ought to go join the Me Too movement. Just go shout Me Too, Pastor. God is using you. Don't nobody know your past. Don't nobody know your stuff. But God is able to use us. Look at what Paul says. Look at what he says. I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not meek to be called an apostle. He said, I don't even qualify. But because of the resurrection, just stick your chest out and say, I'm qualified. Uh, the resurrection levels the playing ground. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, the, the, the resurrection brings all of us equal at the foot of the cross. The resurrection takes folk with bars on their sleeves and stands them right next to folk that barely got sleeves. You'll catch that on the way, home. The resurrection takes well-educated women and sits them beside women with no education. But they have what's called mother wit, and God blesses them. And one can bless the other if they're willing to listen and share with one another. The resurrection takes folk that got master's and doctorate degrees in finance and let them go places and have a bank accounts with a lot of zeros behind but then the resurrection also takes a woman by the name of Osceola McCarty in Mississippi who was a washwoman who ironed shirts and she ended up giving a half a million dollars to the University of Mississippi because she knew how to save the money that she had all because she believed in a savior, Jesus Christ. The resurrection will take folk that got big houses and big cars and they'll put them in hospitals where they can get great health. And then the resurrection will take folk with no insurance at all and keep their bodies healthy and they never get sick. The resurrection will take folk who can afford expensive drugs that can get out of the situation that they are. But the resurrection can take grandmama and she'll tell you how to stop a nosebleed by taking a little piece of paper and folding it up and sticking it up under your lip and holding your head back for 30 seconds. Don't tell me what the resurrection don't do. Is there anybody in here today that know that the resurrection levels the playing field? Tell somebody I'm glad that the same God that saved you is the same God that saved me here's what he is he says but now look at what he says I, I gotta get out of your way he says the resurrection gives options to broken and misguided people he said I persecuted the church he said and I was off track Don't just shout touch your neighbor tell him I've been off track before I've been off track before Some of y'all didn't say it over here in the left in the back. I ain't hear enough over there. That's the real saved section over there. But here's what the resurrection will do. The resurrection will meet you where you are. Huh? Paul said, I was trapped on the road of destruction. He said, and that was not from my beast. He said, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I like that because instead of him taking me out, he just took me down. And sometimes that's all God has to do for us, take us down a notch. And if he take you down a notch, he can lift you back up and put put you where he wants you to be. But you ought to be shouting, thank God he didn't take me out. Because I had done enough for him to take me out. I know you can't say it, but you ought to just privately praise on the inside. I have done enough that the Lord should have took me out. But the fact that he didn't take me out, tell him grace about it and mercy about it. And he stayed with me and did not take me out. He just took me down a notch. He uses Paul to come back now and to write one of the greatest letters that there is to be understood about the resurrection. And he's saying to the people at Corinth before you can get to the life, you got to go past the resurrection. Well, what does he say? I'd like to get this and I'm going to get out of your way. Verse 12, he says very simply, now. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Tell somebody there has to be a resurrection. If there is no resurrection, he says that there are some things that are very important. He said, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. I need to go ahead and defend that right there. Said because the preaching that has been going on, Pete, mean it has not been yielding any results. But I got good news for somebody in here. If you don't think preaching worked, just look around you. If you don't think preaching worked, just look at your own life. Because it was somebody in your life that preached the gospel to you. That made a difference in your life. At a point when you were about to throw in the towel. When you thought you were going to lose your mind. When your home was falling apart. When your health was on the line when sickness had invaded your room and somebody preached the gospel and shared the word with you tell somebody preaching still works I don't care what they say and where you go you can do whatever you want to do but it's the preaching of the gospel that's going to make a difference in the life of the world it's the preaching of the gospel that's going to get Washington D.C. right it's the preaching of the gospel that's going to get the government right when you got a governor that gives away gun permits and you don't even have to you have to take a test to get your driver's license now you don't even have to take a test to get your gun permit it's preaching that keeps us sane in these days because without the preaching of the gospel we would all lose our minds but tell somebody I'm glad that Sunday morning is still on the calendar and preaching is still in order
1: well he says this
0: he says not only is preaching in vain he said but your faith would be in vain uh-huh. In other words, he said, if preaching, if Christ is not resurrected from the dead, then uh, uh, preaching is in vain. In, in chapter 15, uh, verse number 14, he said, but also your faith is in vain. Uh-huh. And then that's when you ought to take objection. Uh, there ought to be somebody in here that knows that they've seen a miracle or two in their life. Uh-huh. You ought to know what the Lord has done for you. Uh, You ought to know, whenever somebody says your faith is in vain, who you have believed and in whom you put your trust. If you've ever been at a point in your life where you realize that no one could help you, the folk you trusted in the most, the folk who loved you the most, mama and daddy, the, the various places that you were affiliated with, but it was nobody but the Lord, you ought to be able to say it wasn't nobody but Jesus. Gotta be some sick folk in here that know that you were on your bed of affliction. And it wasn't nobody but the Lord. The doctor may have even caused your problem. It was the Lord that got you out of the problem that the doctor called. You ought to say it wasn't nobody but Jesus. When your money had got funny and your change had got strange, but the Lord still put food on your table and still put a roof over your head, you ought to say nobody but Jesus. When it looked like your children had lost their way, but God watched over them and brought them back the right way, you ought to say nobody but Jesus. I ought to have some more witnesses in this house that got a testimony of your own and your faith is not in vain is there anybody in here that can shout nobody but the Lord if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side where would I be he said no preaching is not in vain he said my faith is not in vain but then he said yay we would be found to be false witnesses uh huh uh huh tell somebody I know I'm telling the truth Touch your other name. I know I'm telling the truth. Amen. Now, there are some folk, and what he was saying was that there were some people going around making up stuff. The Lord told me to tell you. I feel like you need to know. But when you know what you know, and that you know, you know what you know. Can't nobody untell you not to tell what you just told. I know this is not good grammar. Some of y'all will correct me out after church. But here it is. When it's real on you on the inside, and you know what the Lord has done. Whenever you tell it and somebody says, no, nah, you know what the Lord has done for you. Uh y'all still looking at me like I'm the only one in here by myself see some of us know that it should have went another way I ain't gonna call out which way it should have went but for those of you who know that it could have been and should have been another way and God did it for you will you just tell the Lord thank you and then when somebody said no that didn't happen say yes it did and before I take it back I'll add more to it because God has been that good to me Well, I got to go. Let me just finish by sharing what he says. He says, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and you're yet in your sins. Then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life, there's that word life again. If in this life Only we have hope in Christ. We are all men slash women most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. It's all possible. Tell somebody it's all possible because of Jesus Christ. Whatever I am, whatever I hope to be, tell somebody it's all because of the resurrection. Come on, give the Lord a great hand of praise. Say whatever I am, Whatever I hope to be, it's all because of Jesus Christ and because of his resurrection. Well, here's what Paul was saying. I got to get out of your way. He said, now look, if resurrection ain't possible, then we're still in our sin. Well, I need to go and help somebody in here. I still, every now and then, commit sin, but I'm not in my sin. I need to help you with that and I'm get out of your way. I know some of y'all didn't clap because you're saying, no, I don't commit sin. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Help me, Pastor. Help me, help me explain that. I will now go to my seat. Come on, loose explain it. Here it is. Say, here it is. I am saved from the penalty of sin. Said, if I sin, I'm saved from the penalty of sin in that the penalty of sin is death. I'm being saved from the power of sin. I'm being sanctified every day. Now, that don't mean I don't mess up every now and then. I just don't cuss as much as I used to. Touch your neighbor, tell me I don't cuss as much as I used to. I knew y'all were not uh-huh. Because see, some of your neighbors didn't know you still cussed at all. You just don't cuss around there. And then for my good folk in here who say, well, I don't cuss, you say, gosh darn it, that's cussing right there. But Jesus died, and I'm saved from the penalty of sin. But every day I'm being saved from the power of sin. In other words, things I used to do, I don't do them as much as I used to do no more. Amen. I just make sure I'm still at First Baptist Broad. But one day I'm going to be saved from the presence of sin. And sin will no longer even be in my presence. And, and you're not going to get that down here. Amen. Because as long as you're down here and the enemy know what you like, I'm just helping somebody right now. It's going to keep coming your way. You can go over there all you want to. He's just going to send it over there. And now it's going to be you trying to run from it. And it trying to find you. It used to be you trying to find it. But now it's trying to find you. Y'all will catch that in a minute. But here's the good news. Jesus has paid it all. He died for my sins past, my sins present, and the ones I'm thinking about doing next weekend that I haven't told y'all about. I knew y'all wasn't going to say amen. But thanks be unto God, all of my sins have been covered. Amen. Living he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Somebody knows, rising, he justified me. Freed me forever. One day he's coming back. Glorious day, the door of my father's house is open. Amen. Listen, here's the appeal I need to give to you, my brother, my sister. I want to talk to my sin strugglers before I have everybody stand today. Everybody in here going to stand with us today. You're trying to get to the life without fully understanding the resurrection. You can't do this stuff on your own. You need the power of the resurrection to hold you and keep you. See, our problem has been we've been trying to live a godly life without depending on Jesus and the power of his resurrection. You can do good for a long time by yourself, but you need a strength to hold you when your good deeds are far away. Come on, stand with me, everybody in the building. I'm trying to get to the life, Lord. I'm trying to get to the life. I want to live this life that you have abundantly provided for me. But bring me by way of the resurrection through Jesus Christ. That's where my power is. That's where my strength is. See, if I try to do this thing on my own, I ain't going to make it. I need the power of the resurrection to hold me up. I got to believe in the resurrection. Pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for doing what you did for us. Stood in my place, took my sins far away from me, buried them forever. You've forgotten all about them. You want to restore me to be in right relationship with the Father. Thank you, God. I want to be in right relationship. But I realize that I cannot do it by myself. Can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own power. I need the power of Jesus Christ. My substitute on Calvary's cross. The one who stood there for me. Thank you God. That you can take broken people. Failed people. Misguided missions like ours. One born out of due season like Paul. And give him an understanding of the great resurrection that you have provided for us in and through Jesus Christ. I want to get to the life and I want to get to the abundance of life. I want to get all this stuff in life. But I'd never enjoy it unless I fully embrace the resurrection. You see, God, through the resurrection, I can be happy with or without. I can learn how to be content, God. I can learn that when folk walk away from me, it's not a rejection of me. It's their misunderstanding of who you have made me. I can understand all of that through the resurrection, but God, without Jesus, everything becomes personal. It becomes about me. Lord, thank you that it's through the resurrection power that I am made whole. Now Father, there's somebody in this place today that's been trying to quote-unquote get there by themselves and get right on their own. It is impossible, God, you let them know right now that accepting Jesus Christ through the resurrection is the only way. Release them now in Jesus' name, It's only you can do. Amen. Come on, give the word of God a hand on today, Amen. Now, all over this building, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, would you come right now? Would you come right now? Remain standing all over this building. The door of my father's house is open. Listen, it's not about perfection. It's not about you getting it right. It's not about looking at your neighbor. It's about saying, Lord, I need you for myself. Amen. If you're in this place and you need to come, will you come right now in the name of Jesus Christ? Father, I've been trying to live and get this thing right on my own. I can't do it without you. I need resurrection power. Amen. Give them a hand as they come. Amen. Come on, give them a great hand as they come. Amen. I need the resurrection power. Amen. Is there yet another to come today? Amen. Even in the balcony, if you're here, would you come today? I've been trying and trying and trying. I've been trying and trying and trying. And I've been slipping and failing and falling. Because I've been thinking I needed to do all this stuff in my own power. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul rhetorically and parenthetically pauses and says, I think it's, uh, I'm thankful that it's already been done. Through Jesus Christ. Can I let you know, my brother and my sister, that Christ has paid it all? Amen. All you've got to do is trust the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Trust God today. Look, folk going to remember what you did last week every chance they get, but Jesus said, I've forgotten about it. Amen. Amen. Give her a hand as she comes. Amen. God bless. Amen. this song is real. There's a struggle in life. And it's like a struggle. You're pulling between two things. Something is trying to hold you and you're trying to break free. Today I command it in the name of Jesus to let you go. You come to the Lord today. Amen. You take one step. You say, Lord, I want to come to you. I want to be free from the judgment, I want to be free from the bad decisions, I want to be free from the things I've done in my past, I want to be free from the things dear God that sometimes stifle the quality of life that you intend for me to have. I want my family to be free, I'm a father and I want my wife and my children, I want my significant other to be free. I'm a mother and I want my family, I want my spouse, I want my significant other, I want my children to be free. God, I want to experience the abundance of life that you came to give me in Jesus Christ. But God, I cannot have it apart from the resurrection. Amen. I got to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're here today, my brother. You're here today, my sister. Grab your family. Don't wait. Don't ask them. Don't negotiate. Say, come on, we're leaving. We got to make a choice in the Lord today. Amen. If you're here and you need to come, would you come today? Would you come today? Would you bow your heads right where you are? Father, I feel like I'm in a struggle sometimes. I'm kind of halted between two opinions trying to decide if I'm supposed to stay where I am or go where you called in me and sending me. I keep on wanting something better for my family, but I've not led them in the way that they need to go. My bad decisions keep on haunting me. They remind me of things from yesterday when I'm trying to turn the page on today to get to my tomorrow. I command that struggle to come to an end in your life today. We believe that by the power of the resurrection, through the preaching of the gospel, through the confession of your faith, that the miracle of resurrection will take place today and lead you into life. You're being resurrected today. You're being resurrected into a new walk with Jesus Christ. You have gifts that the Holy Spirit has imparted unto you that he wants you to set free and serve in the land. But you cannot have the life except you go by the path of the resurrection. Let it be done in Jesus' name we pray. All of those who believe God said amen. If you're here, my brother, if you're here today, my sister, no more hesitation in your life. Take the step to come forward be released from the struggle walk in the newness of the life that the Lord has for you you can't get to the life and the life the life is connected to the resurrection it is when you come by way of Calvary by way of believing and accepting what Jesus has done in the power of the resurrection that life begins Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life if you hear would you come today God bless you God bless you God bless you life just begins life is beginning amen you want life today just come on amen life is available Give the Lord a great hand of praise in the house of worship on the day. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been my pleasure to be your instructor for the night. Stop by and visit us each Sunday morning between our 745 service or our 1030 a.m. service. I'm sure your heart will be glad. In order to keep these podcasts going, your donations are always enjoyed and we appreciate them. So many of you have been kind enough to send a donation to our FBC Broad uh, Cash app or to other means. Just go online to our website and look at the many ways that you can support this ministry and the great work we do not only in Binghampton, but anywhere our voice can go. The Lord told us to go into all of the world and that's what we intend to do. God bless.